All right, so hope everybody enjoyed uh, Noah's talk. Now you know what, know what I mean about him being, knowing 10 times more about the tax code than, than I do. Um, just a good, good friend to have. Um, so now we have Carl up here from Camel Plan. He runs a platform for self-directed IRAs, 401ks or solo 401ks, health savings accounts, if you know what those are, and a number of other accounts you can rattle off here in just a minute. Um, I've known Carl for seven or eight years. We have invested together. We have clients together. And I think you learn a lot while building a platform with 7,000 investors on it. So we're going to pick his brain a little bit. Love to get some questions from the audience as we go. Um, in New Jersey, um, Carl was with us a couple of days ago and we got through one or two questions and the rest of the time was taken up by questions from the audience, which was fine. Um, but Carl, do you want to introduce yourself? Anything you'd add to your story or anything about Camel Plan you'd like people to know before we get started? Um, well, one of the things that we do is we help asset providers or fund managers uh, find the low-hanging uh, investors' cash that's out there. And we also will help introduce them uh, to our platform so that they can learn or uh, have access to our clients and other uh, investor groups that we work with. Um, Great. To get to the point. My, my new one-liner <laughs> from, from Wednesday. <laughs> so one good thing to know about self-directed IRAs is you might go out to um, raise capital from an investor who's usually pretty liquid and active, but in this type of economic environment, maybe a deal is taking longer to sell. Maybe they can't get out of a deal. Maybe they got beat up on a deal and they're feeling less liquid. They might say, sorry, this, you know, liquidity is just not there right now. Maybe let's talk again in nine months or so. Um, Many times, private investors do not know, and you can ask them, do you like where the stock market's at? Do you believe it should be that high? Does it make sense where the stock market's at? They'll probably have obvious answers to that. And so you can ask them about whether they know about self-directed IRAs or solo 401ks. And if they're able to convert and use this type of an IRA through Camo Plan, then they can unlock some of that capital instead of feeling like they have to, they're forced to put it into the public markets. They can then put it into a real estate deal or a private company. So it's a way for you with each investor who says, Oh, sorry, I don't have any liquid capital right now to introduce them to a new concept. It could be as simple as them putting $7,000 in an HSA or investing 25 K from an IRA the first time to get comfortable with it. And uh, Carl's team will have calls with the investor, show them how to do this. And that's how they've grown to 7,000 investors is by working with people like yourselves, either as an investor or someone who's raising capital, right? Yeah, we'll do we'll do all the work for you uh, if you have investors that already trust you. Trust is the biggest issue that people have, and that's what takes a long time to develop. But if you already have people that like what you what you have and are used to investing in it, uh, and most of you, I think, in here are using accredited investors, uh, it's easy to say, "Hey, uh, do you want to use your IRA and four hundred one k?" to do this. And why Why would you do this? Well, you don't want to be in the diversification, as Richard talked earlier. Uh, so now they've got their money and somebody they know and trust and, and like your returns. And guess what? Most of these people are accredited. What tax bracket are they in? So accredited investors are in usually the highest tax bracket unless you got Noah doing your stuff for you, and, and he's showing you right. But he but he just showed you an example with, with the ten thousand dollars. But now you've increased. You know, if they've got their own personal discretionary cash in there, and they do it in the IRA at the end of the the year, they're going to see that the IRA has almost forty percent more money in it because of the dividends or the payments that have come there. So it makes your uh, investment look better. Great, thank you. Does that make sense? 
All right. So if anyone has questions, feel free to raise your hand. But um, one question is, along the way, what led to your massive growth, right? Um, I'm sure at some point over the last 20 years, you started to grow at twice the clip or five times faster than you were before. Well, when we first started out, we were uh, doing a lot of retail sales to individuals, and that has its, its pros and cons. And then a few years ago, we started looking for fund investors. And because of our common goal, we want clients and, and fund managers, syndicators want money. Uh, so they're almost becoming salespeople for us because, because that's, that's where they're, they're going. So that helped propel our, uh, our business. And we're sure. looking to do more and more of that. And we'll take off all of the teaching and things like, you don't need to do it. Just introduce your clients on a Zoom call or bring them into your office and set us up and we'll meet with them. Great. Yeah, I know one of the members in our club has opened up uh, 2,000 investor accounts using self-directed IRAs as a strategy. So some people go really deep with this and use it all the time. Other people never use it once in 30 years raising capital and they don't even know it exists. So a big variety out there. Um, when you look at people that are you know, doing the sales for you and, and bringing in people and who are growing the fastest, uh, what would you say are some of the attributes of the best capital raisers out there, the best investment managers? Is there a few things that would be good for everyone in the audience to hear, whether they're an investor or a capital raiser, who those people are or what they're like? Sure. Uh, the, as I said, the biggest issue is trust, right? The second thing is transparency. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're transparent, there, there's some investors out there, all right, come on down, you know, let me look at your books, right? All right. And then they'll even go in and open up the, their bank accounts to them and say, well, here's the bank account today. Here's what it's been for as long as the bank account will put it up online. They'll go ahead and they'll show it to them. So I think trust and transparency, uh, are two of the, the, the most. I've got a list of some of that, so I'm glad you asked me. Sure. Richard didn't tell me his questions before, Ian, so I had to... <laughs> Keeps it interesting. Yeah. Um, and part of my thing is, is I want to deal with fewer, better people, especially as, especially as I get older. Um, so, and I use this example on Wednesday, if you know somebody for 10 years or 15 years, and they've made every payment as promised and never been late. How, how does that make you feel, right? Doesn't that move them up to the top of the list? The other thing that I like about that is they've most likely done a downturn. If somebody got into business in 2018, um, you know, or 2013, it's basically been a, a rising tide that whole time. So you haven't seen how they've done in a uh, down market per se. And I think that's very clear. And obviously, there's a lot of red flags out there, uh, which we didn't touch on in, in, uh, um, in New Jersey, New York. So just be, be wary of, uh, you know, this is proprietary information. You can't see it. We have this algorithm and it's going to give you 10% plus. And then when they give you... A statement if your statement's going up at the same amount no matter what the market's doing i mean people fall for this and it's you know i call it the made made off uh um you know ideas yeah the, the biggest uh scam we see people falling for in the capital raising world not the investor side is someone saying like oh we could maybe invest 100 million with you or a billion dollars um but you need to pay this hundred thousand dollar due diligence fee 
or 50K. Or one I heard uh, recently was they wanted them to put up $1.2 million for the due diligence to allocate a billion dollars to them. Um, and I tell them, like, just run the other direction uh, on those types of things, right? Um, I've never, I'm sure there are some legitimate investors that do charge people due diligence fees. I'm sure there are, but I've never met one. Uh, that does. Um, so but I'm sure there are. Um, so it's just something to watch out for. And then on the private investor side, Laura, my head of investor relations and I, we talked to about one person a month um, who says they have a lot of capital they want to allocate. And the red flags start very early and they say, well, I can't tell you how I made the money. Usually entrepreneurs are somewhat proud and say, oh, I built up my dry cleaners. I built up my auto dealerships. And they say, oh, I can't. Sorry, I'm under NDA. I can't even tell you what industry it's in. And I say, oh, well, is it a foreign currency that might revalue soon or something like that? And that's usually what it is. And they got scammed by somebody. Um, and it's usually a foreign investment or foreign currency or foreign island or resort in the middle of nowhere, et cetera. Or so, drugs. Or drugs. Yeah. Maybe that's the real thing. Yeah. Going into. yeah so, so anyways, like in New York, we got through almost none of your questions. You prepared a whole page of notes and pretty much we didn't get to talk about any of them. So out of everything you wrote on your notes to share, what's the most powerful that I should ask you so we don't skip over your notes again um, that you'd like to share with everybody? I would, I would say that, uh, um, got so many of them, right? The, uh, <laughs> uh, the older you get, the less things you want. And so all the diversification people ask me is, uh, and it doesn't really matter how much money. If you've got $10 million, do you want to put 5% into an investment and then have 20 investments, or do you want to put 10% in there so you, you're divert, diversificated properly, um, or do you want to put it in five types of investments? So I would look, look for that, and when you're talking to investors, find out what that is up front. And there's some investors that will just flat tell you, I'm not putting more than 5% in my, uh, in any one asset class, I'm gonna put it out there and others are 10 and others are 20. So the other thing that I would say uh, is very important is there's a lot of technologies that are coming out uh, nowadays like like putting groups together and doing the toe dipping. If you're looking for a $500,000 minimum, you might find 10 people with, with 50,000. So don't just, you know, some of that might be their own private money. Some of it might be uh, in their IRA or 401k. Some might be in their kids' money because the IRAs uh, can't be sent out, stretched over a century anymore. So people are looking to put more money into their kids' accounts. Uh, so I would I would think about about those types of things, and then talk to me about uh, um, red flags in, in the future. I'm going to stay around here, you know, the whole day. Great. And then um, you know, Camel Plan has over a billion dollars on the platform. What what is getting allocated to right now in real time that you see? Oh, wires going out on this, wires going out on that. Like what what are people closing on right now? And when people are saying it's harder to raise capital now than two years ago. Uh, Private loans are are high. Gold and silver is high. Uh, when I talk to the individuals, uh, you know, they said, "What's what? Where's interest rates going? Are we in an inflation or deflationary point? Uh, you know, what about affordability for the housing? What about supply chain issues? Right? So they're out there and they're holding cash, and they're they're getting ready to." Uh, 
figure out, you know, they're, they're all cleaning their crystal balls. Nobody knows where this economy is going. So they are uh, looking for what it is and they're setting themselves up to pivot. If we really have reached the peak, peak in interest rates, great. Uh, if we really reach the, the peak in inflation and it is going to continue to go down, then I'm going to do this. So they're coming up with a plan uh, and a lot of it is around real estate and businesses. People are looking to buy businesses that aren't going to be affected by uh, the economic uh, positions that, they, that they're in now. And you had a, a, a good example when with the uh, lawn care or the landscaping right. companies where, that, where they've taken that out. So people are looking for those types of opportunities. Great, great, thank you. Yes, George. Absolutely. A lot of people a lot of people don't know they have to do it, and a lot of the custodians uh, used to not do it. But over the last 20 years, they've been uh, tightening the, the constraints and uh, regulations. Uh, and people like Schwab and, and Fidelity have almost gone out of the self-directed IRA business because they don't want to be dealing with it. But unrelated business income taxes, if you don't use a ROBS like Noah talked to you about and you just invest in a business, you will pay those taxes. If you buy a piece of real estate and you take debt on it and then it's not Section 8 or government housing in an IRA, you will pay what's called unrelated debt financed income. I wouldn't worry about it too much, but at least understand what it is. Uh, you can call our office, we'll help figure, figure it out with you. Uh, and some people do fill them out, but the, the amount in most cases is very small. Bills. Not a sponsor, but there are work providing you a fee with that that should be on your. It should be on your K one and associated with your K one uh, when you're looking at it. But you're right. A lot of people don't don't do that, and we'll we'll help them make sure that they uh, do do it if they want to put an IRA into that situation. Does that answer your question? You're welcome. Uh, we did have another question in New York. Same same thing. And did I hear you say they eliminated scratch IRAs? Yes. Would they eliminate those? About four, tw end of 2019. I don't want to, I don't want to date you, but <laughs> so yeah, it's five years now. Yeah. And can you have the stretch IRAs grandfathered in? If it's before, before I cut off. If you died before 2019. Right. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, if that's the case, then you're all right. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like it's like Noah said with the estate tax, right? I, you know, I'm not really interested in that, and I don't like dying as a as an exit strategy. No, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's a sure one. Right. Oh yeah, it's coming. <laughs> right. That's funny. Is there a question here as well? Did you? No. Any other questions here? Um, a, a lot of times we talk about trust and building trust and, you know, we showed a funnel diagram and there are other masterminds in the past who have showed how you can create thought leadership to build trust faster. Um, 
you know, what are some non-obvious ways that you've learned to camel plan to build trust faster for those here in the room that want to grow to having a billion in revenue or a billion in assets like that are that are maybe not obvious everyone hears that and said okay yeah investors have to trust us i know that you know that's nothing new but it's so important um is there anything that's actionable practical you could provide to the room um well when we started our company it was my sister and i uh before that i was launching rockets at kennedy space center and i i ended up because my dad died i ended up finding out about this and my sister's 15 years younger and she knew all the trust software uh stuff and she says well i'll help you figure out how to do that because our people i i learned about this and then you know there's engineers and, and a lot of people i worked about and i'm the oldest of 12 kids so i had a pretty big uh sphere of influence so i started helping people and um telling them what i had learned and then they said well, why don't you start your own company i said i don't want to it's well, I, but then they talked me into it so when my sister agreed to it we started it uh and my sister was going to be in charge of the back office and she said well, what are you going to be in charge of i said i don't know i'll just try to get the clients but i'm an engineer right i'm not a salesman by any stretch of the imagination uh and you know my first presentation was all graphs and and spreadsheets my sister sat all the way in the back of the room and went you know saying how boring is your stuff you know uh so i, I said well i'm just telling people about it she said yeah but you pick stuff up pretty quick and and you liked it and you learned it because we were buying real estate and not paying any taxes right that's what my mom and dad taught us and uh by not paying those taxes, I said, well, everybody's gonna like that, but somebody raised their hand when they said, yeah, I wanna pay more taxes, when Noah asked you, but I thought that was all it was. So uh, I came back, I took some marketing test or sales test as, as you know, being the sales guy, and I was like the lowest the guy I've ever said. He said, you shouldn't even be here. Uh, um, you know, you gotta run, run your business into the ground. So I said, well, we'll put sales, you know, as our third, third third point of building the business and what happened is I, the guy said well, why are people coming from you as bad as you are and uh they said well you just have a way of being honest and trustworthy uh and people people like that and that's that's what's good so just keep doing doing the same thing and i so i think that's where it comes back honest polite and you know build trust with people and I don't think you can go, you know, people say, well, you know, how about if, if you take a cut, you know, what can I do if you give me a, a, and we've kept those lines very clear over the 20 years and it's, um, it's just worked for us and we'll continue to do that. Great. I don't know if that answered your question. Yeah, I think or not. that's helpful to a lot of people here in the room and also, uh, might give people confidence. They feel like you're not the most outgoing salesperson. I'm not extrovert at all. Anders is, Daphne is, they love to talk to human beings all day long. I'd like to hide on my computer and just type emails. And so like some of you might be that way and feel like how am I, how am I supposed to raise capital or do deals or go network at this conference and, and whatnot. So well, um, just ask him, how many people want to listen to a CPA or an engineer? Right? <laughs> how many people have talked about IRAs or 401ks over dinner? ever right there is no sex and sizzle in my business <laughs> yeah so we had a mastermind just like this in scottsdale at a calibers headquarters and 
The CEO of Caliber is 42 years old. They're publicly traded now. They manage well over a billion in assets. He's a CPA by trade. He's like really soft-spoken and he was very low-key and he said the same thing. It's all about trust. It wasn't like that he was a whiz-bang, amazing salesperson, like Grant Cardone personality or super extrovert. I think it's important to point out, uh, not that you can't be trusted if you're not that way, um, but maybe it actually helped you that you weren't like a slick salesman, uh, Wall Street look seeming person, right? Yeah, so. and I couldn't change. Right, right. So it, was, <laughs> you know, it, it was very organic. Right, great. Uh, we have time for one quick question or something else from your paper you want to share or both. Yeah. Paul, have you ever considered doing the stand up con? <laughs> I've already had my two or three careers. I'm not doing it, but thank you. <laughs> Is there anything else, Carl, you wanted to share from, from your printout there, or do you think we got most of it um, I think that uh, we got most of it uh, addressed, but um, one of the things I, I do like as a company is that we do have podcasts and webinars, and I do like people that are in the business uh, to talk about it, uh, not just teachers who teach about it, but people who are actually doing it. And then the other thing I think that we've helped is when somebody has alternative views to something that was presented, we'll invite them on to talk about their uh, things. And then sometimes we'll even put the two together so they can debate in front of people. Because I think knowledge uh, and expertise creates better investments and also lets people sleep and reduces anxiety. And that's what you want when people invest with you or if you're investing with, with somebody else. Right, that's great. Yeah, I think like one theme that's came out today is like, you know, Noah talks about being rich beyond money. Uh, we talked about how billionaires or just any successful people don't have to put up with people that are like rude or not professional or just stressful to be around. Um, you know, Carl talked about not being a slick salesperson, maybe that helped them build trust. So all these things are connected to the fact that once you have money for a mortgage and kids go to school and a car and food and you're not worried about bills for those things, you want to start evolving some parts of your life. And any investor that's valuable is going to be somewhere along that ladder of evolving into going towards freedom, going towards enjoying their life more, going towards being more productive. And all of that is upgrading the level of trust and level of service, service providers. And there's many... There's like 34 self-directed IRA groups that could have had up here. But Carl is very easy to talk to. He's very easy to work with. He's been great to get to know. So he's up here, not someone who has a $10,000 suit instead of a 5000 or whatever suit you're wearing today, is my point. So <laughs> bad example. But basically, uh, we've enjoyed getting to know Carl. Well, didn't, didn't he look much better? <laughs> that's a bad thing we just found out, if that's true. But yeah, but I uh, appreciate you being here, Carl. And if anyone needs to or wants to, connect with Carl. He'll be here to network after the event's over. If you need his contact details because you have to run to catch a flight or something later this afternoon to let me know, I'll get you in touch with his team. Um, I've met his sister. I've met with his team in their offices in Pennsylvania and have spoken at many of our events. You'll see him at future events, but it'd be a great strategy to tap into additional sources of capital. So uh, let's give Carl a round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. Join the Family Office Club by visiting familyoffices.com. We look forward to seeing you at our next live event.